0: Would you join me in Psalm 90? It's printed in your bulletin. Lord, through all generations, you have been our strength and our home. A thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when they pass. Show us that all things are transient, as insubstantial as dreams. Fill us in the morning with your wisdom. Shine through all of our lives. Show us how precious each day is. Teach us to be fully here. Our text for today is different than what is printed. It is Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. You can find it on page 1277 of the Bible in front of you, the blue Bible in front of you. That's page 1277, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through town. A man named Zacchaeus, a ruler among tax collectors, was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus who is about to pass by. When Jesus came to that spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. Everyone who saw this grumbled. Grumbled saying he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anyone, I will repay them four times as much. Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. And the human one came to seek and save the lost. Word of God for the people of God. It was oh, Zacchaeus. Bless his heart. He was a short little man and no one is ever going to let him forget it. He also was not a nice Man. He was a ruler among tax collectors. And tax collectors were not like IRS agents. They were bad people. They were collaborators with the Roman government. They were traitors to their people. And even worse, they got rich through their treachery. Chief. Tax collectors were often the largest landowners in a region. And so that means the people in town were dependent on Zacchaeus for their livelihood, even as he stole from their meager earnings. So they must have hated him. They must have held him in such contempt, looked down on him. We may be poor, but we're no Zacchaeus. Of course, they look down on him literally, too. Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was going to be passing through, and he decided he wanted to see Jesus. And I love the simplicity of this desire. It's possible it was cynical, or maybe it was sincere, but either way, He just wanted to see Jesus. So he joined the crowd. But a crowd is a difficult place for a petite person. And it's a dangerous place for someone who is as hated as Zacchaeus. Accidents could just happen in a big crowd like that. So... He climbs a tree. On one hand, it is completely sensible. But on the other hand, it is ridiculous. Doesn't he have dignity? And how is that going to work anyway? The kids up here, I don't know if you could hear them, but when I said he was going to climb a tree, one of them said, that's not going to (laughs) work. Zacchaeus hasn't even met Jesus yet. And Jesus is already making him do ridiculous things. So he climbed up the tree where he was safe. And he could just watch from a distance and see who this Jesus was. Then all of a sudden, Jesus is right there. At the base of this tree where Zacchaeus thought he was safe. And hidden, and he looks up right at Zacchaeus and he sees him. He sees him. When do you think the last time was that someone had really seen Zacchaeus? Not his role, not his failures, not his treachery, but just him just seen him. Jesus sees him and says, I'm coming over to your house tonight. Now think of all the other things Jesus could have said. Zacchaeus, I see you and I know what you've done. Zacchaeus, I see you and I am very disappointed in you. Zacchaeus, I see you, and you have got to make some changes. Or even, in typical Jesus fashion, he could have said, Zacchaeus, I see you, and your sins are forgiven. But Jesus doesn't say any of that. He just says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming over for dinner. Like everything's fine. Like Zacchaeus doesn't disappoint him. Doesn't need to change what he's done maybe even doesn't need to be forgiven. Or at least that's not first on Jesus' list with him. He just says, I'm coming over to have dinner. Like he likes Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus can't get down that tree fast enough. When we imagine Jesus Do we imagine him like this, where Jesus just likes us? No guilt, no shame, no fear, just likes us the way we are. Not loves us out of obligation, just likes us. The crowd wants a different Jesus. They aren't happy with this Jesus at all. They want Jesus to say some of those other reasonable things. I know what you've done. I'm disappointed in you. You have got to change your ways. That's what Jesus should say. Because doesn't Jesus know what Zacchaeus has done? Doesn't he know how bad he is? What a jerk He is? Doesn't he know that the good food he's going to eat tonight at Zacchaeus' table was bought with their blood, their sweat, their tears? It's not fair. Jesus is just going to give him a pass? Folks resent it, they grumble. This dynamic happens all the time with Jesus, and it drives me crazy. (laughs) He never seems interested enough in all the bad stuff people have done. Have you noticed that? Even after they murder him, he comes back, and he doesn't even talk about it. He acts like it's not a big deal. Like the murder wasn't the problem in the first place. Like what Zacchaeus has been doing isn't the most important problem there is. Jesus acts like all that is to be expected. Jesus' attention isn't on all the wrong Zacchaeus has done. It's on him as a person, just who he is in himself. this part of Jesus is really frustrating for me as someone who spends a lot of energy trying to get things right, trying to earn my way. Maybe you can relate to some of that. It makes me want to grumble like the crowd. And Zacchaeus hears the grumbling, and he must have heard the grumbling all of his adult life, or at least as long as he's had this occupation. People don't like him, and he probably doesn't like himself either. And he hears the grumbling, but this time, there's something different. Something shifts inside of him. And I wonder if something finally shifts because Jesus is standing there just liking him. Nothing more, nothing less. He hears the grumbling and he turns to his neighbors and he stops. And he says, From now on, it's going to be different. I am going to give away half of what I own. And anyone I have cheated, I'm going to repay four times. Zacchaeus decides not just to apologize for, but to repair the harm he has done. He doesn't say, can you all just forgive me? Let bygones be bygones. Let's hold hands and sing together. He doesn't try to justify himself. And he also, and this is somewhat comforting to me, he doesn't give away everything he has and take a vow of poverty. Some people do that, but Zacchaeus doesn't. There are a number of ways to deal with our wealth. He just picks two specific things he can do and promises to do them in order to begin to repair the harm he's done. And I wonder if following Jesus could begin to do the same thing for us. Without guilt, without shame, without fear, could we face some of the harm we participate in, in our personal lives, in our corporate lives, as a society? Could we see the harm we've done and we do and seek reparation for it? Could that happen? And would it be connected to simply being liked by Jesus so that we wouldn't be acting out of guilt or shame or obligation, but out of a deep assurance that we're loved? And so we have nothing to fear anymore. I keep thinking about how the story of Jesus started. How Mary, a young woman without any power or any privilege, a poor woman living in an occupied land, gave birth to God and then sang, and said, God is turning everything upside down. The proud will be brought low. And here Zacchaeus is running down from a tree. Dignity be damned. The proud being brought low. There it is. Happening. No guilt. No shame. No fear. Just as he is. And that sparks change in him. I think this is how it is. Our lives begin to shift when we let Jesus come over for dinner. By which I mean when we accept that we are completely loved and that God not only loves us, but likes us too. Just as we are. Here's how it was for Zacchaeus. He went seeking and discovered he was sought. He went to see and realized he was being seen more deeply than he had ever been seen before. In Jesus' gaze, he rediscovered his relationship with himself and with the world. And In that gaze of love, Zacchaeus was changed and healed and saved. Zacchaeus changed everything once he knew he was loved. That's where it starts. That is always where it starts. That's why we say in some form or another every week this refrain. Repeat after me. I'm a child of God. God. Holy 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 and beloved. It's essential. That's where it's got to start. It's where it started for Christ. It's where it started for Zacchaeus. It's where any meaningful change has to start for us, too. I want to close with a poem by Edwina Gately. It's, uh, I think it's true for Zacchaeus. I think it's true for us. You might want to close your eyes and let these words just sink in for you. Be silent. Be still. Alone. Empty. Before your God. Say nothing. Ask nothing. Be silent. Be still. Let your God look upon you. That is all. God knows. God understands. God loves you with an enormous love and only wants to look upon you with that love. Quiet. Still. Be. Let your God love you. Amen.